Uh, well, last week we uh, spoke to Rabbi Yitzchak Hiziger, editor at uh, Art Scroll and uh, host of Inside Art Scroll. And uh, we got through a whole bunch of amazing brand new titles that you need to be aware of. Some really amazing ones. And um, uh, today, on this uh, Monday, we decided to do part two of this conversation because we didn't get to everything last week. So we have a, a shorter list, but yet a list of uh, releases that we wanted to, wanted to explore and uh, describe to you because I think you'll find all of them very, very interesting. Rabbi Yitzchak Kiesiger, editor at Art Scroll, host of Inside Art Scroll. Welcome back to JM and the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Thanks again for having me. A pleasure. Great to have you, and thanks so much for joining us. I got to start with, I think, where I ended last time, uh, because it's 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 really an amazing and incredible practice that people have, and that's, of course, the recitation of Tehillim. And uh, there are two specific uh, Tehillim that uh, came across uh, our desk here from Art Scroll, recent releases. Uh, one is an absolutely beautiful, uh, large, artistic, uh, lovely Tehillim. I'm sure you know exactly which one I'm referring to. And the other one divides Tehillim into a um, into each day of uh, of the you know Tehillim is divided into into sections in terms of what you say each day of the Jewish month. And it gives everyone an opportunity with that Tehillim Mechulak, as it called, with each individual pamphlet uh, being included in the set. It gives everyone an opportunity uh, to um, literally, in a few minutes, have the entire Tehillim said by a group or by people after davening, etc., etc. But he's I bring this up again because I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to point out that it's amazing to me how publications often, how the way something is presented could actually spur people on to take on a practice. And I think with these new Tehillims that we're discussing, I the illustrated Tehillim uh, uh, with translations and introductions and the Tehillim Mechuluk, uh, the convenient and inspiring new way to say Tehillim together, I think it's only going to encourage people to pick up a Tehillim and start that practice. So a big yeshikach to Art Scroll. And do you have a, you have a comment or two about these uh, two amazing works? Well, I couldn't agree with you more about what you were saying regarding the aesthetics of it. Yeah. How the aesthetics impact people's interests. There's no question about it. I think that um, a- anyone would concur that Art Scroll's MO is making the outside as, beauty- as beautiful as the inside. And the Tehillah Mechuluk, which is credit to our designers and the people who have put it together, um, really, do- re- really accomplishes that feat. And there are women, I, mean, I, I think more women than men, who have Tehillim groups and get together and divide the Tehillim in such a beautiful, unified expression of tefillah and thanks to Hashem. And there's no question that this Tehillim Mechulik is going to enhance that and perhaps spur others on to take on that practice of saying Tehillim communally. Yeah, I, I actually have seen congregants right after davening do it, and uh, in, in a span of a few minutes, the entire... Tehillim, the entire book of Tehillim is said, which is pretty amazing. So, And yes, there's no question that, uh, you know, we say don't judge a book by its cover, and the reason we say that is because people judge books by their cover. That's why we, exactly. say, that's why we say that. Exactly. And, In fact, uh, Rabbi Ellie Krohn, who's our uh, cover designer, said, t- tells me all the time, he says, whoever says don't judge a book by its cover has never tried to sell one. <laughs> so... <laughs> no question about it. All right, so you'll see it, folks. It really looks nice and beautiful, and it gives you a, an impetus to pick it up. Uh, what could you tell us about the illustrated Tehillim? I mean, it's an unbelievably heavy 
rich, and I don't just mean heavy in translation, I mean heavy actually in weight, and rich and has these deep photos and beautiful illustrations. Uh, I mean, again, I think if somebody has that, someone actually said it to me, you know, about this specific volume, that they think if they leave it on their table, they're actually going to pick it up and start saying to them every day because it's so attractive. I'll tell you, I spoke to someone who I would consider a cynic about these things. He doesn't go for art. He doesn't go for drawings. He, and, and he picked up the Waxburger Tillum, which is what you're referring right. to. Right. And he said he was drawn in by the, by the imagery, like I mentioned in our last conversation. He was drawn in without being expected, without expecting it. And, um, and it definitely is something that enhances your, it just brings out the emotion of the words in Tehillim almost unexpectedly. And I think that's what people are, are connecting to it. No question about it. And it's really a beautiful work. All right, there are a couple of things we didn't get to at all last time. First of all, I just wanted to give a shout-out uh, to our best, sir, and get your comment about how it's doing in terms of the uh, Nishmas book. Uh, you know, this is such a this is a specific work about a very specific prayer, and he described for us when we had him on the air just how important this uh, this prayer and this uh, and the, and this section of davening is uh, to many uh, gedolei Torah and many women uh, uh, of prominence in our community, as he described. Uh, what can you tell us a few weeks later now about the Nishmas volume? Well, first of all, you mentioned Rabbi Besser, and I I, I would be remiss if I didn't describe how much. He meant to this project because, besides that, his name is recognizable. Rabbi Besser has an ability to take our emotions and our thoughts and bring them out in words. He's a wordsmith and he's a master writer, and he has that ability to really, really bring out the beauty of a tefillah. In this case, Nishmas, uh, as he describes in the introduction, it's been a, a long-standing practice among many people to recite Nishmas when they need a Yeshua. This was something that was promoted significantly by Rebetzin Batsheva Kanievsky. It, uh, it originated from her father-in-law, the stipler of Kanievsky's father. And many people have taken it on since then. Uh, as you know, Charlene Amanoff was a wonderful woman out of Great Neck. She has promoted what has kind of become a Nishmas army. She has a Nishmas army of women who recite Nishmas every single day, and I think it was kind of in conjunction with that excitement and that fervor over the tefillah that Rabbi Gedalia Zlata, was to, together with Rabbi Besser, came up with this idea of releasing a book or a sefer, if you want to call it, mm. just on Nishmas, which is the song of the Jewish soul. And Reb Chaim Kanievsky has said that it's a svara, it's logical, that Nishmas is an effective segula. But what I found fascinating is that prior to the, public, to the publication of this book, uh, Rabbi Besser had some questions presented to Reb Chaim regarding the specific time of day to say Nishmas and things of that sort. And the thing that was interesting to me was that if you ask the average person where the tefillah of Nishmas ends, right. they'll, tell you that it, they'll tell you that it ends with the words, the shame cut right before Hotel, which we know, right. or you know, as a chazan <laughs> on Yom Tif, the chazan starts at Hotel. But Reb Chaim clarified that the tefillah of Nishmat when said as a schoola or it said as a tefillah alone, actually continues into the tefillah of Yishtaba. Right. And uh, that was a teaching moment for myself. And once I started speaking to Tamid Rachamim, it seems to be 
common knowledge among those well-versed in these topics. Um, that alone was just an interesting tidbit. But the book itself is chock full of stories and insights and anecdotes that really bring the feel of Nishmat alive. And I could tell you that the reception out there has been off the charts. Not only have individuals been buying this, this uh, book, but many, many organizations and schools have chosen this book as the volume to give out at dinner to their parent body, etc. So it's really taken off. And um, what can I say? It's, yeah, uh, it's, the Tzvi of Nishmas has a tremendous power. It is. Uh, it's highly recommended, everybody. Highly recommended. Check it out. I remind everyone who's tuned in that when you go to artscroll.com, everything there is 10% off, no minimum free shipping when you use promo code radio, 10% off, free shipping, no minimum when you use promo code radio. That includes everything we're discussing today. And we will get to our Bamberger's brand new book. He'll actually join us later this week on Great Jewish Journeys. Don't worry, we're not passing on him uh, or his work, everybody. We will get to it in our series of what's new uh, from our friends at Artscroll. We're just going to do that specifically with Rabbi Bamberger himself uh, later on in the week. Uh, Rabbi uh, Hiziger, there are two other uh, works that we got to discuss and and recommend to people. We'll start with Rav Kalefsky, and uh, you know that the biographies that Artscroll does uh, about uh, specific um, uh, giants in their field are always... Uh, interesting and inspiring, but especially uh, they are really on a roll, uh, thinking of Rabbi Trank and others, they're really on a roll in terms of uh, highlighting some of the great educators in our community, and specifically Torah educators. Rav Kalevsky is the name of the book, the beloved American-born Rebbe whose geschmack for Torah lit the fire in thousands. is written Rabbi Yechiel Spiro with the foreword um, um, by Rabbi Yisachar Friend. And uh, Rabbi Hizger, what can you tell us about this book about Rav Kalevsky and uh, who will find this uh, book inspiring uh, when they pick it up? So I, it was very interesting about Rav Kalevsky is that he was raised in the 1920s and he became a Rosh Hashiv in America, but he was not schooled and he was not raised in the yeshivas of Europe as you would think someone of that period would have been. So I, I would say that the book would resonate with anyone who grew up on American shores who doubts the ability of an American-born kid to reach Torah greatness. This book will show you how it, how it can be done. Rav Kalevsky was a Rashiva in Eretz Right. He was raised in St. Louis in the 1920s. He was a Yankee. You know, he was drafted into the Army. He was in the Army for 18 months, which is alone a fascinating story. But when it came to Tyra learning Tyra, teaching Tyra, delving into the depths of Tyra. He was like a kid in a candy store, and that was an analogy that anyone who knew him gave. So this book written by Rabbi Spiro is warm, it's uplifting. You become enveloped in Rabbi Kalevsky's Ahavatah Tyra and his care for his Talmidim. And as great as he was, he never lost his humanity. He had such simcha that accompanied his Tyra, and there are just some very warm things. His Rebbitzin, when they were going to be visiting Eretz Yisrael, commented something to the effect, wherever my husband is learning is Ma Yerushalayim. <laughs> she viewed her husband's experience of teaching Torah as her, you know, holy land, so to speak. But there, there is one, if we have a minute, there's sure. a very cute story, very cute story. I must have said it over tw- a dozen times just because it's, shows the humanity and the sense of humor that Rav Kalevsky had while being a world-class Torah giant. 
he lived on Yeshiva Lane, right near Neri's throw. Right. One day, one day he's bringing out the garbage from his house to a dumpster, and a Talmud of his, a married student who lived in the building, is pulling up, and he sees the Rosh Yeshiva coming out with a garbage bag. And as you can imagine, he, it bothered him so much. Like it's not uh, consistent with the honor of the Rosh Yeshiva to be taking out the garbage. So he runs over to Rav Kolevsky and he says, "Please." Rashiva, let me take the garbage. So Rav Kolevsky, with a smile, equipped, this is my mitzvah. Go get your own garbage. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it brought out his, yeah, go ahead. You know, what's funny is that, uh, and and again, I know something about the American yeshivas, and I certainly have a connection to Neri Yisrael, as I've said to you. And, you know, and there are Rashi Yeshiva, and there are great Torah giants, and there are those who are, Consultant, uh, consulted as postkim, consulted as you know, advisors, etc. Rav Kalevsky, when Talmidah, when students would speak of him, had this, you know, tremendously deep warmth. You could hear it just in the way they spoke about him. That it was it, it, more than just a postsake advisor, etc. You know, nothing wrong with those roles. Obviously, I'm just saying that he was somebody who, uh, who, who the Talmidim, who the students felt a tremendous warmth from, and that you know, a, 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 and, they, and it's funny because. Because uh, they they actually use, as you know, they use the word geschmack <laughs> on the cover. Uh, in this case, the phrase geschmack for Torah. But I think there was a certain geschmack that the Talmidim felt from him when they associated with him that was also very significant. Exactly. And the word you were, the, the, the operable word is warmth. He was right. a warm person. And that comes through in the book. Rabbi Spiro did an amazing job collecting stories that really reflect Rav Kalevsky's personality. And I've spoken to a number of his Talmidim since the book came out, and that's the common thread about how Rav Kalevsky gave over and imparted the pleasantness right. of learning Torah and living like, like a Jew. So it wasn't just about giving a, a fantastic cheer, which he did. And it wasn't just the Torah genius that he was uh, as a student of Rav Shlomo Hyman and other great and his encyclopedic knowledge of Hamad Bavli and, and really the, the length and breadth of Torah, but about giving over the beauty and, as you said, the geschmack of being a, a Jew and learning Torah and, and giving that over to the next generation. And finally, Rabbi Hiesinger, uh the book is called At Any Hour, Harav Shlomo Gissinger, How One Rav Impacted Individuals, Families, and Generations. It's written by Avram Birnbaum. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I've told this to people over the years. I, I, I would not have heard, I don't think I would have even heard of Rav Gissinger, except I had, because of a crazy circumstance, had an opportunity to spend quite a, uh, a lengthy time with him, uh, back about 12 years ago, got to know him, uh, got to, um, honestly see his greatness as he interacted with people who were in need of halachic advice. And, um, I, I never even knew until, you know, those encounters with him, Back in 2009, it was that um, that he was one of the original um, uh, residents of what we now call Jewish Lakewood in terms of the yeshiva community of Lakewood, New Jersey. So not only was he a, a great rabbi and somebody who attracted um, uh, Talmidim and, and, and people who sought his advice from everywhere, uh, but he really was one of the pillars of a very important community uh, in the Jewish world. Absolutely, and the people who are reading this book, and there are many of them, because this is the best-selling biography 
of this period really are blown are blown away by the stories. They can't believe that there was a human being like Rabbi Gissinger who was so selfless and so human while also being the absolute expert on so many different topics, whether it was fertility, how he helped people, and in Kashrus he was a, a, a go-to address. Uh, you go through the book, Rabbi Avram Birnbaum put together a 500-page book that right. tells all of us that we are able, if we follow Rabbi Gissinger's path, to put others' needs before ours. And, you know, maybe we can't reach Rabbi Gissinger's level of brilliance in psak, in rendering halachic rulings. And as a rov, and as a Torah giant as well, maybe we don't have that, those kalim, those skills. But everyone could be selfless like Rabbi Gissinger if we train ourselves to always think of others. And that's what this book tells us. At any hour, Rabbi Gissinger was available. And it's not one story or two or ten. We're talking about hundreds of stories that blow your mind. Whether it's the story about um, there was a, a kid who got inebriated on Purim, found himself on the Gissinger couch, and Rabbi Gissinger proceeds to make a suda just for this young bucker. The <laughs> venerated rub sitting with the boy. I mean, how many people would tell the boy to get his act together and move on? Where Rabbi Gitzinger sat down and made a, made a suda. There's another story that, that's one of my favorites, where shortly after Rabbi Gitzinger's shul was constructed, Kahal Zichron Yaakov, which, by the way, was named in memory of his Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Right. Rabbi Gitzinger treated his shul like his baby. He babied it because he put his heart and soul into it. And there he is, shortly after the building is constructed, he comes down to the basement, to the simple hall of the shul, and he encounters a group of youth playing poker in the simple hall. And, I mean, anyone seeing this would probably react in horror. Um, I think there was some... There were drinks, maybe they were smoking. You can imagine the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And rather than lashing out at them, Rabbi Gissinger walks over with a smile, and he says, new boys, what's the buy-in? <laughs> and he had this ability to talk their language. Now, I'm not a poker player, and I would not even know, I would not even know what to say to these boys. Rabbi Gissinger knew, boys, what's the buy-in? <laughs> and then he just asked the boys, do me a favor. When you're done, please clean up, close the lights. And that was it. But that, the, the, <laughs> there was a boy who was there who recounted the story. He said he never forgot Rabbi Gissinger's reaction. In a moment where he would have been justified at being upset at these boys, there's another story about a girl who came to him for help. And she shows up at Rabbi and Rabbi Gissinger's house. Before she knows it, he's giving her money, her, his car, keys to his car, and is telling her to sleep in his master bedroom to make sure that she feels comfortable. <laughs> and this story after story about Rabbi Gissinger teaching us that we all could care and that we could all be a friend to everyone. That's why when it comes to works like these, Rav Kalevsky, uh, Rav Shlomo Gissinger, I, I always say these are musrs for him uh, because we read them and uh, check out these stories. And you're right. You know, there's certain levels we're not going to attain, especially in areas where they were acutely um, expert, uh, but uh, there's no question that some of these midos and some of these actions we can incorporate into our own lives. So if you're able to 
uh, read these stories and incorporate something into your own mind or into your own life, obviously you're, you know, it's working in terms of being a, a really, po- I don't mean Musser in a bad way. I mean Musser in a very positive way. I'll tell you another lesson I learned. I live, I live in Lakewood, New Jersey and Rabbi Gissinger and Rabbi Trank, who you mentioned before, right. were actually very good friends. They they did not live that far apart from each other. There's a great picture of them in the book together. <laughs> oh, fascinating picture, and, and a warm, and it shows how much they loved each other. Yeah. And I must say, I kicked myself, because I lived in a town with both of them, and I wish I would have spent more time in their presence. Right. I should not have waited now to read their biographies to appreciate just how lucky we were to have them. So it's a reminder that there are people around us who are really genuinely great, and we have to tap into that, and we have to take advantage of their warmth and their guidance. Uh, Now, don't wait, don't wait. Tap into the great people around you. Learn from them. Spend time in their presence. That alone will infuse you with the love of other people, with the love of Hashem, yeah. and uh, will help us immeasurably. A very, very good piece of advice. Rabbi Yitzchak Kiziger is with us. So there you have it, folks. I'm going to review for a moment. You have uh, At Any Hour of Shlomo Gissinger, uh, the book about Rav Kalevsky Bar by Spiro, um, the Tehillim we spoke about, both uh, both the types of Tehillim that are available. Uh, last week you mentioned the Zara Shimshon, mentioned the uh, brand new Chumash Sefer Rabbi Bender, um, uh, the Nachman Seltzer, a work on challah to ask the rabbi, um, a selection for Ayah Mintz, uh, Nishmas, Rabbi Besser, Rabbi Bamberger, as I mentioned, we're going to speak to later in the week. Uh, also, Rabbi, uh, his, rabbi uh, Hiziger last week mentioned the uh, Beis HaLevi, and, um, and there's a new one coming out, Envoy from Vienna, you may want to check out as well. All of this, all this information at artscroll.com, and as a benefit for uh, everyone out there who's tuned in to JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, it's 10% off, no minimum, and free shipping on everything. 10% off, no minimum, free shipping on everything uh, when you order at artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, the most important thing, make sure to use promo code radio. Everybody, he's a girl. I thank you so much for your time. Great review. Lots of stuff out there, and I'm sure there's more coming down the pike, and we'll keep everybody informed here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. It was a great pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Rabbi uh, Yitzchak Hiziger, editor at Art Scroll, uh, host of Inside Art Scroll, on a uh, Monday morning here at JM in the AM.